Welcome to Householders, a conversation about American life as Zen practice. I'm Inga Annie Wade. And I'm Kyosaku John Mitchell, and we're lay members of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center. The other night after a long day, my well, my wife and I only really get a chance to have serious conversations like at bedtime. Like it's mm-hmm. just like the first chance we get all day. And that really doesn't work for me. Yeah, because, and then it's hard to go to sleep. Yeah, and I just like don't want even if even, it's actually never really that hard for me to go to sleep. It's more just that I want to go to sleep and like I don't want to spend an hour and a half talking, you know, like sure. it's important to me to go to sleep. Which is, this is not a comment necessarily on like my general willingness to have long emotional conversations because it is also probably the case that I am resistant to doing that at any time of day. But the that the time the one time of day we get to do it is the worst time for me. Mm. You know, interesting enough that 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 had been a problem for me too. I mean, not for me for Ian. He didn't like to have conversations at night and that was like but but it is it does seem like when you have like both have nine to fives like when else are you going to talk about it yeah and that's true and i i grant that but i'm only setting this up as just a way of saying like i was not ready to have this conversation okay uh like on a very basic level um not not in a in a political sense in a like sense having anything to do with the situation but simply in a sense of like not having the energy or wherewithal uh to do it to do a good job of it and it was a very difficult this one in particular was very difficult it was very directed at me uh having to do with my behaviors and my sort of i mean shortcomings from the you know point of view that that like I was doing something wrong and after a certain point I began to turn inward very very deeply and it was also in the dark this conversation was taking place so you know like we were in bed and the lights were off and I started to have pretty crazy visions uh like it's not very zen to, to go into detail about what they were like, but they were like glowing green snakes made of triangles writhing around all over the place kind of visions. Weird. And and it was... They were made of triangles? Yeah, like like if you imagine like... They were geometric? Green equilateral triangles with like the front of the... Like the, like the back is the flat part and the front is the pointy part and they're like linking into each other like the the point of one is going into the back of another one. Uh, Like, and then there's a bigger triangle at the front and that's the snake's head. Uh, And they were, there were, you know, there were countless numbers of them and they were writhing all around. And as frightening as that sounds, it was actually very pleasant to let myself go into those visions and not just in a way of like I'm escaping this unpleasant conversation, but like it, it, it felt like I was being provided with, I don't know, like a resource, like an energetic resource or protection um, 
and 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 it felt like taking care of myself to disengage at a certain point i couldn't have the conversation anymore i just could not endure any more conflict and i said so and that was i mean we had had it you know like the conversation was over there wasn't like any thing more to say and um she res- respected what that that boundary and then I, I went to sleep and I like had this very powerful sleep and woke up and did my practice and there was clearly still something unresolved and for a while I felt like I had done the wrong thing by sort of like ducking out of the conflict but after my practice sort of kicked in and I started to wake up more in the morning I realized that I had like preserved myself in an important way and I was much better prepared to have the resolving conversation in mm-hmm. the morning and it happened and it worked and there was a resolution. And I feel like this says a lot about the role that spiritual practice plays in normal interpersonal relationships and conflict. But I also really wanted to start off by saying that if anything, I think it yeah, I, th- I think that maybe people think of meditation or, you know, whatever the sort of Western flavored version of whatever it is we're doing, mindfulness practices, they think of that as something that lowers the emotional temperature and like makes you less prone to conflict or like makes you way quicker to resolve whatever the feelings are or maybe like just less reactive. So you're less you're less um, drawn in to conflict. But and that might be the case sometimes, but but really, if anything, I think that what my practice is showing me is how much more powerful and intense and overwhelming conflict with other people is as a kind of thing, not just as an experience, but like it's a category of human life that's much more intense than I thought it was. It's not you, just you like you didn't think it was intense before, or like I, I think maybe I just didn't know what intense was. Like I, I, I think that I think that I and this there might be gender stuff here. There might be just sort of American culture stuff here. There might be sort of um, assimilated Jewish culture here. Like don't be like loud and ethnic and 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 dramatic like be yeah be you know uh docile and and agreeable with everyone like all these things might be weighing on me but the uh, the I i think that if you'd asked me when i was 20 to sort of model what human conflict was like interpersonal conflict was i would say well this person believes or 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 desires this list of things and that person desires or believes this list of things and those lists are in conflict. And so these people need to resolve their lists in order to agree on the same things. And that just is so far above in abstraction. What I feel is really happening these days when I end up in conflict, which is just like two ways of being are trying to manifest themselves and they are but they're 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 colliding with each other in this freakish like 
force of nature way and the the energy is just trying to find a way to dissipate and when it can't dissipate away from the two people in this conflict it dissipates into the other person in the conflict or into yourself and it causes like cosmic drama and the words that people say when they're in conflict with each other are just sort of this tip of the iceberg of what's really happening and sometimes have nothing at all to do with the energies underneath, but they, they do always point to what's really happening. And, Mm -hmm. and and so like being skillful at resolving conflict is about fine is about seeing through seeing through. Yeah, exactly. I it's, there's, a lot of times, I mean, it's like you, when you dig dig deeper into what your true feelings are, um, a lot of times you, you find that there's these deep-seated insecurities that are tied into the conflict itself. Just like, why, you know, why am I so offended by what this person said? And you can go down into that insecurity that you have and really understand where like why something is such a such a point of conflict for you and the other person too because they may have said something or done something that also had to do with some insecurities that they had and it's hard to 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 understand without going into like a specific example you know and that's mm. that's tough like i don't want to bring up like specific examples sure. of like what the yeah i were. certainly don't want to talk <laughs> about the one the other night <laughs> because usually they're not that important mm-hmm. um sad to say but like most of the conflicts that i've had were not really all that important <laughs> yeah that's kind of uh, what, what was I mean. important were the preserving the people's feelings yeah. and respecting the the, the the parties involved you know yes um understanding being heard uh, qualifying people's feelings and understanding that person's feelings and, you know, accepting that for what it is, mm-hmm. you know. And that can be really hard to do, especially because usually when there's a conflict, it's not just like one person who felt like they were wronged. It's usually two people who felt like they were wronged in some way. Yeah. And... Um, you know, somebody has to be the bigger person and be like, I know that I'm feeling wronged right now, but I also have to grab enough compassion in my heart. That's like a hard thing to do in that moment. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, you feel like you've been wronged and you have to understand that the other person has also in some way felt like they've been wronged and you have to have enough compassion for them for them to have compassion for you mm. <laughs> and it is the hardest thing to do mm-hmm. well the the word wrong i think really points at the trick right yeah because the 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 because it is true Almost always that that one or both of you has been wronged. It may not be clear which like you you both can be wrong about which one is wronged. <laughs> and, and that's true to an extent that it I do think is actually possible to have a conflict where no one has actually been wronged. And I think that I've been through 
many that has of those. happened too. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't matter if if it's true or not. Like right. the fact of the matter is that they feel wronged in some way. Right. Well, yeah, and so that's the, what I'm what I'm what I'm trying to disentangle is what like being wronged from what is wrong or what the wrong actually was, and I I think that the 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 thing that's to be seen through in a conflict especially when it comes to sort of the words coming out of people's mouths and the way that they're explaining themselves or where the, what their position is or whatever is, is people feeling around for what the wrong was in order to finally nail it in words so that the other person can see it so that you can communicate it. Yeah. And, and without blaming the other person for well, it. Well, right. Cause if you, if you say that it could, right. Cause that just, that just is another wrong. You just send yourselves around <laughs> yeah. again. But, but the, the, the the construction of it as a right and wrong of like a moral a moral issue at hand is so easy to just send off into total conceptual like description land mm-hmm. like trying yeah. trying to describe a feeling in terms of objective principles and and that is all almost always the wrong direction and and if you can manage to construct that wrong in terms of feeling your own feeling you start to get closer rather than further away to the like actual energetic impasse that you're at with each other and this does actually mirror sort of the the best advice that i've ever heard which you just said some of which is like don't don't like blame the other person don't make people responsible for your feelings Mm -hmm. you know like that like all that sort of strategic stuff that has made it into like pretty plain language i think also points at this spiritual truth of like you know you're not in the same reality like it doesn't you're like agreement on terms is not how this gets resolved yeah but i think what what spiritual practice can do for you. And I think a lot of different spiritual practices, uh, but it can, but I think especially with Zen, because it's very focused on like understanding that things are perceptions and mm. they're not necessarily reality. Yes. Reality is subjective and reality is a perception in itself that you, you can understand more clearly that your perception isn't the only truth that yeah. exists yeah. and that the other person except perception is true too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I think in some ways it, it can be very hard, you know, very difficult in some ways to be like, well, you know, I don't, sometimes I think that that kind of gets me to the point where sometimes I'm like, well, when can I be the person who like doesn't have to do all that work (laughs) when can i just be the person that is like i want someone to just come apologize to me Mm -hmm. you know and i don't want to have to go through the process of seeing understanding that their perception is valid just like mine you know yeah yeah (laughs) it's because it's so much work and you want that validation in that moment you want to be validated you don't want to have to go through the work to be like well i might be feeling upset at this moment and that's okay but they're also feeling upset and that's okay too Mm -hmm. well i I think this is what i started to have happen to me in this 
snake vision that I had that like to use to use language that my sort of Western spirituality friends would use. Uh, I'll explain what I mean by that in a second. But they would use the word imaginal to refer to the sort of realm of vision and symbol. And that's sort of like a Jungian word. Like it's it's like symbols arising from the unconscious to express uh the the tr- like the d- the deeper spiritual state that i'm in uh and using the imagination to sort of crystallize and art and 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 articulate what those sort of weird inner sensations are and turn them into usable symbols uh and and they what they would say these these are like people who have tunneled under western religious educations and upbringings um you know people closer i think to your kind of background than mine because i think that um jewish the 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 jewish like language for the imaginal judaism has captured the imaginal in a way that i don't think that christianity has i mean that in kind of a bad way almost like like you're provided with a bunch of imaginal like legos as a jewish person so you're supposed to use the existing blocks and you can't like build your own new like sort of vision of God or what have you because there's like specific language for it. Whereas like these are people that I know who are like raised without any kind of imagery in their spirituality. And so they have looked into like more artistic, for example, um, avenues for expressing like the symbols that are actually inside them. And so what what I think they would tell me about these snakes is that I was like manifesting this form of protection for myself uh, that is the way that I um, was validating myself. I was taking care of myself uh, in the for with the need that you were just explaining of like needing Mm -hmm. needing somebody to just exist in your reality rather than sort of have their own and not quite come yeah. all the way to yours. And, and, and I, I think that there is actually uh, a way kind of into religion as a way of doing this from here, where like if your Lord and Savior is there for you in a realistic way to provide you that validation that like, yes, you are, you are enough, your, your feelings are real then you can relieve other people of that job and be more compassionate towards them. And I'm not saying that's just like some matter of conjuring up an imaginary thing. I'm saying kind of the opposite. It's like taken me a really, really long time to have an experience of that inner spiritual power that was real enough to actually do the job for me instead of me just trying to sort of pretend that everything's okay, which is not what was happening. But I didn't at that moment, I didn't need my wife to say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. You know, I didn't need her to say, like, like, you're okay. You're you're I I know I just spent a really long time criticizing you, but you're still fundamentally good person. Like, I did want her to say that she did say it later. But like at the time, I I knew it. After a while. Because mm-hmm. I went in out of self-protective, self-preservation. I went inward and I found it. Well, what do you think the, the the connection is there? How do you think people could conjure that up 
mm. for themselves. I think that that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I think that that's where this capacity has been developed in me. But I think that your choice of the word conjure, I think, is really indicating how not to do it and how and that's what I thought I was meant to do in the spiritual terms that I had been given um, or, just you know, just sort of like imagine God up there or like angels around me protecting me and like see them really clearly in the sort of same part of my brain where I would like draw a picture of them from. Uh, and that isn't what it felt like at all. And I don't know if this is the first experience like this I've ever had. I've probably had a lot of experiences like this, but this is the first one I had at the right time to sort of realize what kind of experience it was. It was, it was that my inner state moment to moment was discernible to me in a, in a real time way. And, and, and I, and I, I wouldn't separate the sort of uh, the, the kind of thinking and seeing and feeling that I was doing to like turn that crazy turmoil into like green neon triangle snakes. I wouldn't distinguish that way of seeing from the way that I sit in Zazen and observe and make discernible my inner state. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's just that there was a very particular need happening for me at this time, which is sort of different from usual uh, in Zazen, but not, but 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 sometimes these kinds of weird vi snake visions happen. I ha I don't even remember if I talked about it. I think I did. Did I talk about the space worm on the podcast <laughs> the, a few weeks ago? I don't ago? remember any space worm. Well, this isn't the first like serpentine vision I've had in a while in the in, in the recent in the last month or so. And the last one was in Zazen, and it's it's. Well, it, wait. Can you hold up for a second though? Because yeah. like, I don't exactly know if I know what a vision is. Uh huh. Um, I mean, I, of course, like, obviously with my background, like they would say that people had visions, uh, mainly they were like futuristic, you know, or like demon seeing, mm. I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. I can see demons now cause I had a vision. They were in, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't, I, I think that when I was younger, I think I talked about this on the podcast and I was like, oh, I, I, I saw a vision of God's hands like in, yeah. in the church going down touching a, a, a girl or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to distinguish that if, if there's a difference and, you know. Well, I, I, to me, your account of that vision of God's hand sounds like a real vision to me. But there's this step of interpretation that I was just talking about where like it goes from like a like an undefinable internal state into a language of symbols and it's and that's how it becomes a particular thing it's kind of like interpreting a dream you know like okay the the way that a dream appears i think if you're like being honest about what is happening when you're having a dream is like very random and bizarre and then it sort of makes more sense upon reflection and you sort of string the events together into a story, but like it leaves out 10 times more than it includes. And, you know, there's like way more going on uh, than the sort of bit of vision that you remember from it. I think that this kind of thing works the same way for me. And like snakes, like what is up with the snakes? Like why did, why were they snakes? How did they become snakes? They were very clearly snakes after a while because this vision was very persistent 
but I, but I, I don't want to even deny sound like I'm denying that I turned them into snakes by looking at them and thinking of thinking of them as snakes, you know, like there's, there's a, there's a creative, there's a, there's a moment at which you're, you're turning it into uh, something you can describe to yourself. And this is what I meant before about the Legos. Like the, if I had used the very constrained set of like acceptable Jewish imagery for visions, you know, I might not have seen writhing triangle snakes as a protective thing because like the snake, the only snakes in the Torah are bad guys, you know? So like I, I might not, I might have just imposed like a moral reading on this vision that turned mm-hmm. it into something else. To me, when people talk about like demons and, you know, like the, the same, the, like the, the conventional kinds of things that you might hear in a, in a uh, church environment, like you're describing, um, I think people are over relying on the Legos that are given to them, the sort of socially acceptable symbols that, that you can have visions of most of the time. Whereas like you were taking language that you had from your background of like God with hands and and reaching down. But like you, you, well, there was actually a very specific picture that I had Mm -hmm. as a kid too, Mm -hmm. where it was literally like God's hands and he was holding like a, a swing and mm. there was a girl swinging on it. Ooh, nice. And I just loved that picture as a kid. Yeah. I, would, I would draw it. I, there was plenty of times where I drew these pictures with God's hands doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I thought that maybe you could like interact in that way. Yeah. Well, so you saw the vision. What, what I would say is you saw the vision behind that image when you saw that image. And so that you felt it and knew what it felt like. And then when you saw, whenever this situation arose where like this was really happening to someone that was really there that you were seeing, you were having the feeling and the image was there associated with the, with the feeling. Do, is that, is that right? Like, yeah. So, so that's what I, that's what I would say was happening with me the other night too, is I was having this feeling of like being surrounded and enveloped and loved by sort of just life force energy that was native in me and it turned into snakes because like, I don't know, I'm seeing snakes all over the place, but like that, the it's, it's not that I relate to the snakes as like the important part. I relate to the snakes as the part that brings to mind this whole feeling of something that was really happening. And I wouldn't have seen the snakes if I couldn't have understood the feeling I was having. And that's what I'm saying. Spiritual practice is, is a practice of, is of 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 seeing into your state your present state and 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 getting what it is and so then the imaginal work of like having visions of it is about working with how you're feeling and how the images make you feel and you know if i had just been lying there sort of pretending or th- thinking about something else to distract me from how I was feeling. Um, some everyday thing that I was just imagining that wouldn't have been a vision. That would have been cognition. That would have been thinking and trying to distract myself. But, but what I was doing was allowing that imaginative capacity to turn what was really happening right then into 
something I could see and feel and work with with all of my senses. So that's what I mean when I say a vision. And this feels like it got really far afield from conflict, but actually like the the capacity, like if you could turn this capacity on to the other person and f- try and feel what's really happening, what's really coming from them, that might be what it takes in order to realize that their truth is also true, as you were saying, you know, because you have to be able to imagine what's going on inside for them, not just what they're saying with their lips. Yeah. It, yeah. It's almost like a lot of times you can just talk yourself in circles with words. Yes. Especially and with another person that you're disagreeing with. You talk with. like for two hours and you didn't even make any progress. Yeah. Like, and, and a lot of times, like, it doesn't even have to do with them, too. Uh-huh. With the other person, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. But they're some sort of vehicle for which you are working that out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It can be undiscerning. Like, did they make me angry or did something else and i'm just confused right but i think that also practice can kind of create uh to make you more discerning of those things Mm -hmm. did did you know am i am i actually mad at this person (laughs) yeah right (laughs) or are they just there yeah and i feel comfortable with them yeah i feel so comfortable that i don't mind getting mad at them sometimes (laughs) And it goes out so much farther than that because this is just such a natural thing to do. People just rubbing against each other and creating friction. Like, can they handle... This is what I wish I got more of. Can they handle me doing this to them right now as a way of letting me work this out? Because then we're in a safe space to have to work out a conflict. Well, that's ideal, right? Like, when you both can kind of be in a place where like if the other person is upset you can be that that person that's like okay i understand they're going through something upset let me pull them some slack they're not like this all the time Mm -hmm. maybe they just need to work something out Mm -hmm. i mean i'm saying this as like i i'm like this all the time like yeah you know ian just comes to me and like yeah it's like just (laughs) i'm just very you know unbiased and let them just hash it out with me or whatever but I mean, that's happened a few times. Mm-hmm. I can at least tell you that it can happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the only way to have an authentic resolution with somebody is for you to both be able to visualize, to, 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 to fully imagine the other as a whole person, right? And like until you do that in a conflict, you're just making them into a character, an evil character that is, that has like a very simple set of motivations that you think are wrong. And the only resolution is when you get to the point where both of you are seeing the other as having their own integrity in who they are and what they came here to do. And you are accepting of each other. Like, a, a resolution is not like a merging into one. It's not like a complete like unification of all of your yeah. desires and interests and uh, feelings. Even though you want it to be. Yeah. But if you can fully see them fully seeing you, you can feel resolved while still being different. 
Householders is a production of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Silent Thunder Order. Find us on the web at ASZC.org. Our Sangha depends on your support. You can donate by PayPal to donate at storder.org. Gasho.